to the Off the Rails podcast, a deep dive into Dynasty, Debbie, and other degenerate forms of fantasy football. Please welcome your hosts, Ben and James. Off the Rails podcast, talking about what a fucking football on. All right, Ben. We are here today to re-rank our uh, first three rounds covering 36 prospects now that we have all of the prospect data. Yeah, and I think we're going to try and break this up into two episodes, if I remember correctly. We're going to try and get through 1 to 18 today. Um, I'm sure there's plenty to talk about. Yes, you're right. Yeah, cover 1 through 18, kind of chopping round two in half. Uh, just to make this two clean podcasts um, where we can we can cover the first half today. And then uh, in the next episode, we will be covering 19 through 36. Um, so right here before we get started, do you just want to mention everyone, please uh, subscribe, rate, review the podcast if you like the, uh, the content that we're giving you. And uh, please interact with us on social media at Off the Rails FF. Ben, do you want to outline kind of what we're going through here, what the methodology was, and then uh, we'll kick it off? Um, sure. I mean, we're going to be talking about, you know, where are the top 18 rookies, at least today, are sitting in our rankings. And we're actually going to be doing this as opposed to the previous episodes where you and I went through our ranks individually and kind of surprised each other uh, as far as what our ranks were. We've actually seen both of each other's ranks prior to the start of this episode we've created a composite rank that is basically just the average of the two of ours and we're going to kind of present each player uh as we move down the list here as far as where they're at currently in our rankings and then we'll talk a little bit of you know whether that was a riser or a faller for us um and kind of our reasoning as to why Um, yeah mostly as i'm sure you can imagine is going to be based on what happened at the combine a couple of days ago yep we're going to try and hit prospects just at a high level, uh, like you said, kind of reasoning behind behind what happened. Uh, but there will be some referring back to the past episodes. So, you know, in uh, the first uh, six podcasts we put out, we really covered uh, almost all of these prospects at uh, <laughs> at a pretty in depth level. So we're going to hit things high level here. But if you want in more information, uh, please go back and, and listen to uh, to those episodes where we covered these guys. For sure, for sure. All right, man, I want to dive right into it. I uh, have changed my number one overall player. Yes, you have. I have. And that, that creates for us a lockstep consensus number one overall in Jonathan Taylor. Um, I had previously had DeAndre Swift. Uh, DeAndre Swift is... is did nothing really to hurt himself. He He's the slot behind now. It is more about what Jonathan Taylor did to help himself. Um, and that was like crush the combine at an epic historic level that I was not necessarily anticipating. And like we all knew that this was a good size adjusted athlete. Um, but I don't know that anybody really knew we were talking about this good. I know, man. And uh, I mean... We we covered a lot of this at large in, in in our in our running back combine recap, but uh, yeah, this guy crushed every aspect of the combine here uh, at over 220 pounds. This is a uh, full size NFL running back uh, with elite athleticism and is, uh, in my opinion, the clear cut number one. And and for you too, it seems like that's the case. So um, pretty pretty easy for us there at one. Yeah, I think so. Um, just real quick, I did run some quick numbers after we had gotten uh, all, all of that combine data in because uh, I was curious just to see, okay, who else is out there that has done, uh, like, the numbers-wise, just run a 4-4 even at over 220 pounds and get drafted to play running back in the NFL. And, dude, it's a tiny, tiny list. Tell me what that list is. Herschel Walker, Jonathan Taylor, Bo Jackson, Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley, and Niall Davis. I uh, got some uh, some pretty elite football players in there. I mean, yeah, dude, you got a, a couple of like total busts, but otherwise, it's like, yeah, man, some of the best athletes to play the game, uh, to play the position for sure. So, um, I dude, I, yeah, that combined with obviously his crazy college production, one one has to feel like he has probably the highest probability to hit. Um, as like a fantasy stud at this point. So I, I think that makes him a, a pretty safe 1-1. One, one. 
clear cut number one, uh, clear cut first round pick at this point too, right? Like after that that combine um, for the real NFL draft, are we for talking the, for the real NFL draft? I mean, I don't know. There, I think people still see um, some special stuff in DeAndre Swift. You know, when you're talking about his receiving talent and the way that he run routes, uh, runs routes, the way that he can, you know, whatever, do chop people up and stuff like that. I I don't know that because like, again, you know, I, we'll, we'll get to him here in a second. He's the number two guy on our list here, but it's like he didn't hurt himself at the combine, sure. you know? And so um, I, if you were in love with DeAndre Swift before, I, you know, I don't know that like, you know, whatever, dude, five one hundredths of a second or something different than what you might have thought Jonathan Taylor was going to run. Uh, is going to necessarily pull you off Swift, but it, it did for me a little bit, and it's mostly because like I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. He 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 looks like he like an ab, an absolute like athletic stud. I mean, it's it's the size, right? I mean, it's those fourteen pounds. It is the that size. Make the big it difference. is it is the size, man. Uh, you know, I, we've proven that I think the like mid to two teens guys uh, can be every down backs in the NFL and can be elite ones at that. But like more often than not, man, the guys that are putting up the number one overall running back season are over 220 pounds. I mean, you could sit there and, and list back like several of these guys, you know, but it's like the Zeke's of the world, the Todd Gurley's of the world, the David Johnson's of the world. Those guys are all 220 plus pound, pound guys. And I, you know, if, if you've got that insane kind of elite speed at that size, I, you know, sky's the limit, man. Sky is the limit. And, you know, he'll probably go, I don't know. If he does go late first, man, he could go to a really good team. And and that could be really, really exciting for his prospects. For sure. So why don't we just go ahead and move on to DeAndre Swift, kind of covering uh, a good portion of him to this point. But uh, he's who I had it to, uh, and, and you just moved into two. So that makes him the clear-cut number two on our composite board also. Um, and again, that's like no offense to him. Uh, nope. I still, I still think he's a crazy, amazing player, and he checked all the boxes at the Combine. Um, but yeah, he's just a slight tick behind Jonathan Taylor for me at this point. Yep, and everyone again can can listen to us uh, recapping DeAndre Swift as as the prospect in the uh, in the first rankings podcast we did one through six, and uh, and our quick reactions to uh, his running back combine measurables and athletic testing also. Um, so the next guy on our list here is CD Lamb, and this is a guy that actually does represent some movement. He's in the same spot for me. I, I've still got him at number three. But you, James, have moved him up five spots from nine to four. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I was just too low on him. Pretty pretty clear cut. Um, I still have him as the second wide receiver in this class. I still prefer Jerry Judy to him. Uh, but he came in and he did you know, everything that he needed to do at the combine. I watched more tape of him and, um, you know, this, this is a dude and this is, uh, this is somebody who's probably going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL and kind of, um, fading him just, uh, I mean, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And it was really, you know, kind of as we went over in the, in the wide receiver recap, uh, how smooth he looked in those drills too, and just like how much that matches up to everything he does on tape. And so, 100%. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to, to not have him in, uh, in my top five, uh, and, and to definitely move him up into you yeah. know, the wide receiver two territory for me. I, I mean, I think you knew at the time you had him where you had him, that it was, it was probably an overfade. And then, uh, I'm sure like, I, cause this definitely happened for me. It's like, by the time we got to like the last rankings episode that we did, um, I had already changed my mind a lot about the guys that we had ranked in the first few episodes. Um, yep. Yeah, he's definitely yeah good. W- w- had to have been one of those guys for you. I mean, because yeah, dude, he's so good, and he looked great in the drills. The combine checked a ton of boxes for him as well. Um, very exciting player, and he he and Judy are both in my mind like total locks to go in the first round. So probably uh, high. I was gonna say top top twenty locks. I don't know where yeah. the prop bets stand at this point but uh, i would guess they both go top 15 and i think one of them will go top 10 yeah and, and and i don't think i don't think you're wrong there um you know landing spot uh for these two guys may be the determining factor really for which one of them ends up as the wide receiver one yeah that's quite possible i mean dude i you know i don't know for for me and i do love judy um but yeah i mean i just for, 
I, I, in my mind, I see it clearly. Lamb is the better player. I don't know that landing spot 100% would dictate it for me, but like, yeah, obviously it could impact it. So, I mean, if one of them goes to a trash quarterback, it's, it's difficult to ignore that. So on to Judy, you've got him up two spots. I have him in the same spot, um, as my sixth guy, which I know is uh, maybe, maybe, maybe a fade versus consensus. Uh, you've got him at three, uh, why did you move up Judy two spots in in front of these running backs now, which yeah. you were all fucking hyped about being a big running back class and you were all in on the running backs. Now you I, want these wideouts. Yeah, man. So, well, so my, what happened was, is, uh, is that JK Dobbins was my RB two, And so JK Dobbins didn't participate in anything at the combine and that, uh, even though, you know, as we covered in our recap, he, we still think he's going to be an other, otherworldly uh, athlete. That knocked him down for me. And so what happened here is that I felt that there was a very established top tier in uh, the top two running backs and the top two wide receivers. And so that's where um, I ended up moving both CD and, and Judy up uh, to represent that and uh, you okay. know quickly following behind them the, the running backs that I had ahead of uh, of Judy at that time and and so you know a little shake up here at the top still love the running backs um, but I, I just felt that really after after the combine here that uh, there was an established kind of top four with uh, with with two guys at each position yeah and that's cool I, I can understand the reasoning behind that. I mean, for me, for me here, I you know my my I didn't change a ton of guys here. I I did move, you know, like we we mentioned before, I did move Taylor in front of Swift, but like otherwise, the rest of my top five there um, stayed pretty much the same. And I mean, dude, I've I've got like a big grouping of running backs still with just kind of CD Lamb inserted into the middle of it. Um, and do that a lot of the days I've got to, I've got to think for CD lamb, it grows by the day. And so it's like, I'm like really into him, but this combine, man, I thought, and obviously we haven't gotten to see Dobbins's numbers yet, but I thought it very much validated this class to be what we thought it was going to be, which is like, man, a, a slew of, of serious size adjusted athletes, um, that have all of this college production and tape to match. And it's like, yeah, man, I see, I see a, a fistful of guys that could come into the league, man, and, and start for a team day one. We're gonna keep going through these, but yeah, man, I mean, there's, there's, there's a ton of guys in this class, and and it's really exciting. And it was just kind of, you know, at the top, most of the top stayed the same for us. You know, we'll, we'll get to kind of the, the changes, but you know, these guys, these guys are well established. Is is in my, you know, I think all gonna be. I mean, they're not all going to be studs just by you know kind of how life works, but these there are a lot of lot of studs in this class, and so again, it was just kind of moving a few spots here and there. CD was the big the big move for me, and so you know that's obviously going to then shove other people down. Um, but you know, going Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, CD, Judy, and then getting to our next guy, Cam Akers. I mean, this was somebody that we we both liked before. And, uh, and again, it just, he actually, um, he's tied with JK Dobbins yeah. for the fifth spot for the fifth spot. So, you know, yeah. both of those guys, again, you kind of, I mean, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of built the same. And I know that you had, uh, you had acres ahead of Dobbins. I still have Dobbins ahead of acres. Um, and that kind of, that resulted in the tie between the two of them. But, um, you know, they're, they're both studs and this to this top, um, this top six is is nasty, and it's and it's uh, you know your top half the non playoff teams in in rookie drafts are are looking at getting themselves uh, an elite player in in the top half of the first hundred percent man I I agree with you completely it's like it, it gets a little bit to splitting hairs here in my opinion that like all six of those guys man are completely elite prospects. And like J.K. Dobbins obviously didn't participate in the combine, but when he does have his Ohio State Pro Day, dude, he's going to throw down some like absolutely filthy numbers. He's every bit the athlete plus what these guys are. And uh, I mean, dude, it's a true, it's a truly elite front front half of a rookie draft. You don't often see that, you know, in in any other rookie draft. I mean, any one of these guys could have been the one one kind of thing. So, um, 
I, I think it's super exciting. I mean, Cam Akers definitely is like sealing it for me. His numbers at the combine were awesome. But dude, he fucking slayed in the drills. I don't know if you've like watched the video of him running the Deuce Staley drill. Um, so clean, dude. So clean. I mean, his footwork is is like really, really good. Um, yeah, just yeah. really light on his feet, man. He's 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 gonna I like he's a guy that I just feel very strongly is gonna be successful at the next level. I agree. I, th- I think he will too, and I, I mean, I think, I think Dobbins will will also. Like both of these guys are are going to be great they at the all next will level. Too. Like like yeah. literally, I feel that way about all of these guys in the top six. I feel like they're all going to be successful at the next level, like yep. with a relative degree of certainty, is as certain as you can be about these things. Um, I agree. So it's like, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about this in terms of value in your rookie draft or whatever, if you're going to try and trade to move up to get into a spot, like, man, shoot for that five, shoot for that six or something like that. Because like, really, honestly, it's going to cost you substantially less than it would cost you to get into the one or two or something like that. And you're going to get a hell of a player, like whoever falls to you or whatever you you will be, you, sh- you should be absolutely thrilled with. And this is like advice that I should be taking for myself. I should be like looking to find ways here to maneuver myself into those spots, man. And we should be doing that with our, our co-owned teams because I agree. like, man, yeah, I, w- I would love to walk away with, from as many rookie drafts this year with one of those six guys as I possibly can. So, and, uh, but that, that establishes like, that's a pretty clear, like tear, tear break, break after, sure. after that six, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, which, which then brings us to, uh, to the next two guys who, who are tied again, uh, in rugs and Justin Jefferson, uh, yeah. both both of them ended up ending at seven in in our composite ranks. Yeah. Um, I had, funny enough, I had Jefferson in front of Rugs, and uh, and you had. <laughs> it so. is funny enough, man, because you were totally like the guy leading the Rugs parade in in the rankings episodes. You've yep. come down three spots on him, and I actually came up one spot. Now, like I came up one spot by default because Lavisca Chenault dropped out, kind of due to some things, but sure. uh, which we'll get to. But, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, Rugs Rugs was every bit the player that I thought he was. I mean, he almost like like ran tit for tat what I had predicted he was going to run. It was exactly what I was expecting, and so it's like, yeah, for me, there's no there's no reason to be moving him around. I you know he belongs there. He's one of, like nowhere near the lock that I think. Judy and Lamb are, but like certainly, man, he possesses a skill set that NFL teams are going to crave. He is a borderline a lock to go in the first round. I think pretty much a lock to go in the first round, and yep, um, should should be good for some NFL team. You know, there's just a little bit more risk there with the kind of player archetype that he is. Yeah, man, but him him going down in my rankings, it had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with the other guys. Yeah, and uh, Just, and, Justin and how, Jefferson and how they performed, and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, that I mean that guy, slayed, dude. Yeah. He he owned the combine, and you you match that with his production profile. Who this guy is as a football player. I mean, you've heard Joe Burrow say that he was his favorite target, which is crazy when you've got Jamar Chase on the team also. And so, um, you know, I think that's the bigger story here is just how great Justin Jefferson was, how much he moved up six spots on my board, he moved up four spots in yours, and uh, you know, sitting there at the seven eight rank. Like, uh, I mean, that's that's where this guy deserves to go. And, and yeah. there is a lot of conversation now about him being a first round pick in the actual NFL draft. Well, yeah, man, I like honestly, I would I would all, all, all kind of be surprised if he wasn't. I mean, yeah, the combination of his production, his game tape and then like what he put down on the athletic measurables, every, everything points to this guy being being a potential first rounder. Um, and yeah, color color me highly interested. Um, that was like super validating. I, I like I thought he had more athleticism than I feel like most people thought he had, but then like he had more athleticism than that. So at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, he deserves to move up in the rankings. Um, I think that makes him a really tantalizing prospect. And quite frankly, man, that's like half of this, right? If a guy runs faster than you thought he was going to run or runs faster than everyone thought he was going to run, well, then he helps his stock at the combine. That makes it more likely that he's going to get drafted higher. And then the guys that have the higher draft capital uh, or have a higher probability of panning out and and get more chances and, you know, all of that type of stuff. So it, it is like one of these like kind of self-fulfilling prophecies to a certain extent. But yes, putting down those numbers helps him tremendously. And and he was somebody that during our rankings podcast, kind of like how you mentioned earlier, like we both, when we were talking about him, we're like, oh, we have him too low. I uh, yeah. probably have him too low. And, and that was before even seeing what he did at the combine. So it totally makes yeah. sense that he's moved up this far. And, uh, and again, that's, uh, he's, 
he's a he's a top tier prospect and and it's exciting yeah. for as a playoff team to be able to get a player like that you know even getting knocked out early in the playoffs like the fact that you could walk away with a rugs or a jefferson uh in in rookie drafts is really exciting and dude i think the next couple of guys you know that are still available here in the first round are are equally exciting and like kind of like depending on who your flavor of player is like you may prefer but you know i mean after justin jefferson we've got Clyde edwards hilaire who um is up one spot for you he didn't change for me and that was probably being generous but i do just like the player so much he ran slower than i was expecting um i think we determined that he had above average 10 yard splits but it was one of these things where it's like yeah he doesn't have the top end like does not have that final gear i mean that's pretty much what what it tells me you watch him in the drills and he absolutely crushes right um so in in my mind he's still a guy that i um, I definitely would be interested in drafting. I, I do. I still think he's going to kill at the next level. He he is a very smooth player, man. He's, um, yeah, he's good. He still uh, crushed he, the the burst. Uh, I mean, dude, in anything that was like, I mean, his broad jump and his and his uh, vertical were were still sick. It's just yeah, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have that top gear, and uh, and he didn't do the three cone. But I bet that number would have been awesome. Also, dude, he probably so, would have destroyed the three cone. And I, I but it d- doesn't it make you wonder why he didn't do it though. I think, dude, it becomes one of these things, and I've, I've heard people talk about this in the NBA draft too. Is that like, dudes start like falling out and not doing it, and then it becomes like not cool to do it, you know? Well, look, there's there's definitely some amount of that going on with the combine right now, where I, and I I can't remember exactly back to where the trend started, but like, yeah, I mean, it used to be man that everybody did every drill at the combine, or for the most part, that was the case, unless they couldn't do it, kind of thing. Uh, and now it's like, hey, man, I'm going to show up to the combine, I'm going to do the things that. I think I'm going to be good at and or I've actually prepared for and, you know, not going to do the other ones. Maybe I'll do them at my pro day. Maybe I won't. Maybe you'll never get numbers on those. And maybe you just need to look at my 40 time in my game tape and decide that's good enough for you to draft me, you know, wherever you're going to draft me kind of thing. And, I, yep. you know, more power to them and the players should have the power to make those decisions and everything like that. Um, I'm definitely a player player rights supporter. But at the end of the day, also, as someone that plays fantasy, it's like, God damn, man, I want to see those numbers. Want to see those numbers? I know, man. Uh, but, you know, with, when it comes to uh, CEH here, me moving him up one spot, that was me showing, like, I believe in this player. And this is a guy that that 4-6 time, again, that's that's not what we want to see. That isn't a number that completely disqualifies him for me. And everything you see on tape, everything he did in the drills, the explosion, uh, athletic testing, like all of that validated everything else. And so I, uh, I mean, dude, you know, I would be doing doing backflips, getting mm-hmm. getting Edwards Alaire at nine, yeah. like in in a rookie draft. I uh, yeah, and I I feel what you're saying, man. Because again, very talented player for this point in in the draft. Um, I mean, dude, a lot of it for me with these guys. You know, we talk about Rugs, Jefferson, Edwards, Hilaire. Basically, everybody since that top six that we talked about. And it's like, yeah, man, landing spots gonna gonna like shake this up a ton. Because these guys, I I feel pretty close about a lot of these guys. Um, yep. And yeah, man, some of them are gonna land in juicy places, and some of them are gonna suck. So. Yeah, and Edwards Alaire, it's it's going to depend if he lands in a spot where he's like got immediate competition, right? Like, do, it, does it yeah. become clear that they're they're going to be like splitting the backfield reps, or is this a team that like he lands and it's like this is the he's dude got on the roster? Yeah. yeah. Um, at ten, we've got Jalen Rager. I've I've moved up two spots on Rager, and you've moved up one, which is funny because he is a guy that like you know. I, I guess, quote-unquote, disappointed against what a lot of people were predicting out of him for the Combine. Yeah, I mean, whatever, man. His explosion numbers are ridiculous. They are. Um, and, again, I, I say, you know, quote-unquote, because I, at the end of the day, man, I, I think that, like, that was that it got into, like, a hype train that was out of control when people started talking about him maybe being faster than Ruggs or running in the 4-2s or whatever. Um I think he was probably a little bit of a faster player, man, but it looks like he's fucking huge. Like, I, I don't know how much bigger he showed up at the combine than like he finished playing in his final season um, of college football, but he looked like he had put on some serious weight and uh, maybe that affected his 40 time. Maybe that slowed him down a little bit. 
I honestly don't care. I, I kind of I kind of sit there and like see his build and think to myself like holy shit man, that guy runs a four four seven. Yep. It's like that that guy looks like he could like crush linebackers. You know, and I know that's obviously not, obviously not true reason that he's not that big, but dude, he looked like a fucking machine out there. He was all gunned out, had giant fucking thighs. I mean, he was one of the more like impressive looking um, of all of the prospects that were out there that day. So, uh, you know, in my mind, it's like, yeah, no, color me interested, man. I, I already know what this guy can do on the football field, what he's got put on the game tape. And it's like, yeah, dude, that build, that speed, that size, uh, not to mention, what was it, a 42 and a half vertical or some, yeah, or some 40, in, absolutely fucking insane shit. Yeah, yeah, 42. Um, so it's like, yeah, man, I, s- sign me up. Sign me up. And maybe we're still too low on him. I don't I mean, know. I, yeah, but again, dude, at this point with 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 these wide receivers, we might we might be too low on him. Uh, I don't know, but it's it's hard. Again, man, like this is a stacked top ten. This is our tenth it is, guy. Dude, it's very good, dude. This it's is our very tenth good. guy. So yeah. you know what, man? Like if if this is where he lands, that that is what it is. And again, landing spot may may dictate a lot more too, like the scheme that mm-hmm. these guys these guys go in, and and we could see something with with pro days that that change this even more. You know, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's who we have at ten in in, uh, in Jalen Rager, and then at eleven we have T Higgins, who yeah. uh, did not participate in uh, anything at the combine, and said that he was just resting. Um, yeah, I punished T Higgins pretty hard for that. You actually moved him up a spot, which is probably an appropriate correction. We both have him at eleven right now, and he is our eleventh overall. Uh, composite guy i moved him down four spots because quite frankly man it's like i you know whether he's just resting or not and and whether or not these guys do have the right to sit there and choose to do the drills not do the drills whatever uh it's like at the end of the day man if you don't run if you're not if you're not wanting to compete if you're not wanting to go out there and actually show that you are like one of the fastest guys in college football or whatever or a fast for your size or have have special athletic traits in some area then it's like dude i am forced to believe that like maybe you don't, maybe you don't, you know, and so yeah. it's like until you actually go out there and prove it or whatever, you're going to get dinged. Um, there's no way some of these guys can go out there and, and put up the awesome numbers that they did, and then you just sit there on the sidelines or whatever and, and think that like that's not going to somehow hurt hurt your chances here. And I think that that probably applies for NFL teams as well. Um, you know, he's gonna need he's gonna need to do a pro day and he's gonna need to put up some good numbers, I think. But I still think he's capable of doing that or at least putting up good enough numbers. And yeah, man, he is he is a beast on film. So um he's not out of the first round altogether. We've got him here at eleven, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm he bumping him a little bit for the moment. Yeah, and if people reference back, I you know, the the big long the lanky wide receiver, uh, I'm a little concerned about and yeah, the fact that he didn't run kind of uh, you know, validates that a little bit to me. So that's, it is what it is. And, and yeah, I guess he moved up one spot, but again, that was all just because of the guy that is next for, uh, for both of us in, yeah. uh, in, in LaVisca Chenault and how um, that deep size says it all, right? Like, mm. I, so for me, man, and, and uh, I, I love LaVisca Chenault. I mean, we, 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 both did obviously do still do he's still in our he is still our 12th player right so we've still got him in the first round he's down five spots for you down three spots for me um he you know showed up to the combine and he has been dealing with this injury uh you know that he's been recovering from it's whatever whatever his pubic muscle uh has been like strained and yeah, he thought that he was going to be able to participate in the combine. It was questionable at one point, as like early as like a couple of weeks before the combine. But it was like pretty clear to me that he pulled up on his first attempt to run the forty, and all he was planning to do was run the forty yard dash because he hasn't had a chance to train for anything. And uh, he went back there and he ran it again, and like yeah, put up the four five eight, which was a lot slower than everybody was expecting. And uh, we looked at his ten yard splits on that, and he had the worst out of any of the wide receivers. And yeah, I mean, I you know. He's going to have surgery now. It was pretty obvious that, you know, he's injured. Yeah, whether he injured himself additionally trying to run the 40 or not or whatever, that time is not indicative of what his speed is. But at the same time, man, this like just brings up the giant red flag that is LaVisca Chenault. And it's like this guy can't stay healthy, man. It's like one thing after another, uh, different injury here, different injury there, uh, nagging, lingering stuff and, you know. 
you've, it raises serious questions as to whether or not, because I think he's going to get healthy here, and maybe he'll even be able to put down a 40 time before the draft. It's it's four to six week no. recovery time. Yeah, I don't know if that's I'd, enough time. No, he's not going to get to do a pro day. Like nah, what, He's right. going to do a you're pro right. day in April? You're right. All right. You're right. I'm crazy. Um, but that doesn't mean that he still won't, you know, get drafted relatively high. I mean, this could be a value for real NFL teams and quite frankly, maybe a value for fantasy teams as well. And maybe by the time it's all said and done, he's, he's dropped himself, you know, well into the second round, depending on what the draft capital is on the rest of this wide receiver group. Cause there's going to be a ton invested in these guys in this upcoming draft, you know, as everybody's predicting at least. Yeah. So, and I, just, I just love the player too much to knock him out of my I first round. And that was like, and it was, I mean, dude, it was, it was something I hemmed and hawed over for a while. Like, Oh, am I gonna? Am I just gonna move this guy down further? And uh, and he he's at twelve, and and we'll kind of see how things progress here. If he like sustains like another setback in his injury, and it looks like it's at the it's at the draft, and he's not healthy, you know, yeah, like you said, he could keep tumbling. He, he could keep tumbling down boards. You could see, depending on draft capital invested in him, if he ends up because he was somebody that there were conversations like about you know back into day one probably day two now but like if he's somebody who like tumbles into like the third round of the actual nfl draft uh that's just going to move him down because it's going to mean that other guys are going to be taken in front of him and 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 they're going to need to be uh rated higher than he is so we'll see we'll see how everything kind of breaks down over the next uh what is like seven weeks heading into the draft yeah, and that seems reasonable. I don't know, man. For me, for me, even if other guys go higher than him in the NFL draft because they are healthy and have less red flags and stuff like that, it's going to be very difficult to totally walk away from LaVisca Chanel. For the most part, I'm going to view this as an opportunity to get him at a value, and I'm probably still going to try and like get him, get him in as many places as I can. I don't know, dude. I, I, I love me him as a player, and like I do think that he is on the elite end sure. of athleticism um, when high he is risk, healthy. Though. High risk. high risk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, you, you know what, dude? You know I like the dice roll, baby. The best it ability, be the high, high risk, high rewards. The best ability is availability. Sure, you got you to watch it with uh, with Chenault. So let's uh, let's get away from that kind of negative uh, sadness around him and uh, and break into the next two guys who were uh, big risers for both of us in uh, starting with Denzel Mims at thirteen. Yeah, Denzel Mims, man, we both bumped him up a ton. Um, I moved him up 10 spots. You moved him up 15. Yeah. Um, dude, he crushed it. Uh, he had he had maybe one of the most surprising combines, I think, out of everybody that was that there. Three cone. Short, short oh, of that maybe A.J. Dillon, who we'll talk about next. But, yeah, I mean, dude, all of his numbers. All of his numbers were incredible. Yeah, he, uh, dude, he, he crushed it. He, he definitely did – uh, everything that he could. Um, he actually, you know, he's somebody who didn't come out early, but had actually broken out as a sophomore. So, you know, he has that decent profile, but he ran a four three eight, uh, which is which is just sick. Uh, one thirty one broad, thirty eight and a half inch vertical, and then that number of the beast in the three cone at six six six, and he did all of this at six three two oh seven. Um, I mean, man, that, that's great. And, and you watch this guy's tape and he's a gamer too. And I, I mean, I saw speed on tape. I didn't see this. I didn't see this speed. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude, he's very, very fast, especially for his size. I mean, this is a guy that is a, a pretty big dude. Um, and yeah, man, jumps out of the gym with the 131 broad, Whew. the six, 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 three cone mark of the beast. I mean, dude, like, I, I, I really, there is, <laughs> his numbers are very good. And so it's like, yeah, it's it's hard to not get excited about those, especially, think, I, I do think also he put down some some pretty smooth tape, and um, I don't feel like it's too overreactionary to just be looking at the his, like, like kind of like perfect combine scores and, and bumping him up there. Um, I think this is going to help his draft stock in the real NFL draft a bunch. Yeah, man. Um, you know, he's yeah, he he flew up. I think he flew up everybody's draft board. He's another guy that, you know, again, we're gonna keep referencing back. We've done a lot of content over the last week, uh, in our quick reactions to wide receivers and tight ends, as well as uh quick reactions to the combine for uh running backs and quarterbacks. So you can hear a lot of how we felt about Denzel Mims after that. Um, uh, but this is somebody who right now 
deserves to go in the second round of your rookie drafts early second for sure like us moving him up to 13 i don't think this is like overreactionary at all at this point when you match it with his production profile and he's probably somebody looking at a day two pick now with with just the way that he threw down at the combine for sure man uh very exciting guy very exciting guy almost as exciting as the next guy on our list aj dylan who like i mean dude i i you know i i i feel badly that i wasn't more aggressive with ranking him the first time around i know honestly i know man I, you know, we've loved this guy both, since he was a freshman do. Since yeah, he was dude, a freshman, he was, like he he broke out hard as a true freshman for Boston College. I mean, just came out there and terrorized people. Uh, he was a huge kid coming in, huge the entire time, man. And the athleticism um, was, you know, more than I think a lot of other people were expecting. But like, it feels like it jives with with what you see on tape, and it's like, yeah, man, he put down a low four fives, but like had the best vertical of anybody. Uh, at the position and like that totally makes sense when you look at the size of that guy's legs he is an absolute fucking freak show um and yeah man i i think he's gonna be able to truck some dudes at the next level i i'm excited to see what this does for his draft stock but like you you do have to be looking at him in a different light at this point yeah i mean whatever team is drafting him like we kind of i think the the like draft analysis as a whole kind of pigeonholed this guy you know kind of focus more on like what he wasn't great at compared to all of the things that he is elite at doing at his size and i think what you're realizing especially after a combine like this is that whatever team invests whatever draft capital is going to be necessary to take him at this point after what he did this week he is going to be used and and probably going to be used properly with uh, with what that's going to take because he's another guy again. We keep saying like day two for a lot of these guys, but like I cannot imagine somebody at that size with the production profile that he has putting down the numbers that he did at the combine and not being off the board by the end of the third round in the actual NFL draft. That'd be very surprising to me, man. I, yeah. I you know I I I feel, I feel like there would there would absolutely be something something that I'm missing at that point because I know he doesn't have the passing production. Although like honestly, man, there's some promise seen signs in his final year um and they work to try and get him the ball a little bit yep. um i you know man you've you've got to make the assumption he looked good enough in in the passing drills i mean no one's going to sit there and say he was the smoothest cat out there there are there are a lot of guys in this draft that can catch footballs really well um but like yeah I man dude he he looked absolutely serviceable and he's you'll be able to continue to coach him up at the next level man it's like assuming a guy can't catch footballs anymore just because he didn't do it in colleges kind of a passe thing to do I feel like at this point and I you know I think an NFL team will take a shot on him because he's he's got a pretty exciting profile yeah and I mean dude at that size really all he needs to do is be able to catch screens and dump downs right yeah. and be able to do something with that and and he showed yeah, that he can do that adequately yeah 100 percent. all right well the next guy we got here number yes, 15 Brandon Ayuk um and that's funny I moved him up eight spots. You moved him down two, and I now actually have him one spot, one spot ahead of you. I know it's so funny, but I'm glad for you're, that. You're, I'll I'll take it because I'm just happy about that correction from you. It's uh it's validating, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm 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 pretty excited um, to see some of this. By the way, is uh, and maybe I shouldn't be doing this this early or whatever, but I have a feeling that an NFL team is going to come calling for this guy in round two. And um, yeah. if, if that happens, that's certainly going to help his fantasy football draft position as well. And uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's a piece of me that's kind of baking some of that into this. But, dude, like, yeah, from a physical standpoint or whatever, man, he's like a really interesting, kind of different, exciting, exciting prospect. That, like, fucking nutso wingspan on him. Six foot uh, eight is 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 ridiculous and i'm like i'm like just really anxious to see uh how that could actually like get deployed um i still don't know that he is as good of a football player as i want him to be with that freak show body uh, but yeah as a, I've, I've got him moved up a good amount right now yeah man he deserves to be here he's got those pterodactyl arms strong with the football explosive as an athlete and um or you know hit, hit check the boxes on on athleticism Put that with his body type and, uh, you know, kind of that big slot um, 
you know, he's he's going to be a terror for some teams. And yeah, I think you're right in uh, in assuming that he's probably going to be going off the board, certainly in day two and maybe as soon as uh, in the second round of the actual NFL draft. Leads us on to uh, our number 16 guy, uh, which is Zach Moss. Uh, this is somebody who we had... Um, we covered a lot in that running back reaction. Uh, I think anybody listening to fantasy uh, and dynasty rookie draft related content, anything combine related, uh, Zach Moss's 40 is probably one of the first things that, that is mentioned uh, running in that, uh, that four, six, five. So, um, you know, not, not, a, not a great time. I think uh, him getting getting pushed down boards is is reasonable, and a lot of the adjustment for me um, on him, I actually ended up moving him up three spots because I just had him uh, too low. Too low to begin with. Yeah, you kept him at yeah. fifteen. So. I mean, dude, I, he's still a devastating runner, and yeah, he ran a little bit slower than I expected. But like, you know, checking against you know some of the historical numbers the guys have ran or whatever, four six five is still. Albeit like kind of at the very tail end, but within the threshold um, that like elite NFL backs have run uh, coming into the drafts, and so it's like I, you know, I while I'm not thrilled that he ran s- slower than I, I thought, it's like yeah, I mean, displayed good strength with 19 on the bench, still came in at like a crazy BMI, you know, at five nine two twenty three. Um, I think he's still going to be a pretty devastating player at the next level. Um, he's a guy that may still raise higher for me, you know, depending on where he ends up and, and what his draft capital is. But I, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm not totally scared off by the, by the 40 time. Yeah. It which worries is like me, growth, growth for me, I feel like, because norm, normally that would be, yeah, just like a total line in the sand, but no, it's it real, should worry you a little bit. Yeah. It's real growth. And it, yeah, it does. It also worries me that he, he only did, he did the vertical and there's 33 inch vert and he didn't do a broad. And, you know, kind of that coupled with, uh, I think his shuttle was, was the slowest of the group, uh, at, at running back. Yeah. At a, at a four, three, seven, um, I guess not the slowest, uh, funny enough, acres actually did, did slower than him, uh, in the shuttle, but you know, uh, who gives a shit about the shuttle? <laughs> hey, it, Matt, it factors into spark. It's just, you know, it, it has to be pointed out. Um, so yeah, are, we'll, are we'll those see. times, are those times even bad times though? Do barely anybody ran the shuttle. Oh, no, nobody cares about the shuttle. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we do see, you know, just with him. Yeah. Like you said, he's a devastating runner. The, that athletic profile is, is a little concerning. Um, uh, but the rushing production, you know, was elite he had a decent amount of uh, passing work, so you know he's he's somebody who at this point I feel like should be the uh, you know the running back in this place. I have him behind behind AJ Dillon. Um, I actually have a, another running back in front of him in in my ranks that, that we'll get to you at the back end here, but you know still still a great prospect and and a lot of it will depend on did these numbers at the combine knock him far enough down on NFL draft boards where this guy slips into day 3 because that you know is obviously going to affect what what happens for him long term next guy 17 we've got Tyler Johnson uh this is an interesting one you've you've actually bumped him up three spots and I consequently uh bumped him down 10 uh <laughs> Which, yeah. like, as I'm looking at it right now, it's like, God damn, man, that feels like a vast overreaction. It's a, and like, it's I, a big time overreaction. Well, I, dude, it is. I, you know, do you know why he didn't run any of the drills at the combine? No, I think he just decided not to participate. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm feeling like super punitive about that. It's so funny. So, wait, I talk hold about on. like yeah. players' rights and their right to choose to do these things. Well, but it's like, no, dude, I'm going to punish you accordingly in the rankings. I because man, every time every time I see it happen, the first thing that comes to mind is that this guy's not going to actually do well in these drills. And he doesn't want to go out there and embarrass himself. He'd rather just stand on his tape or something. Or he'd rather wait until he can get into his own controlled environment for a pro day or whatever and kind of like whatever, like juice the numbers a little bit kind of thing. And I, I that worries me because I, I thought that he was a good athlete. And so it's like in my mind, he's he should have nothing to hide. 
See, man, um, this is but okay. So you're you're way overreacting to this guy, and yeah, I'm admitting T, that I'm and, probably and, way overreacting. And T, I, and T Higgins, I mean, you moved him down some, but I, you know, I felt like you had him high anyway. I moved him down. I moved him down four spots. Uh, yeah, I yeah, am. I I'm punishing people right now. Yeah, I know. If, if I know. you were if you were injured or whatever, you you're not you're not really getting punished. Although I did slightly punish J.K. Dobbins by putting Cam Akers ahead of him. Punish punished is strong. I, it's just. In the meantime, now that I have all this other information for everybody else, I, I know where those guys sit within my mind. You have more question marks on you. Question marks equal bumping you down in the rankings. It's just like that simple. So for me, yes, I still love Tyler Johnson, the player. If he goes out and he has a pro day and he posts some even like NFL respectable numbers or whatever, he'll move back up. But, you know, yeah. I was I was thinking he would do better than NFL respectable. Yeah, and um, you know this guy's production profile is insane. He he has, I mean, yeah, and and I think so. It's funny. I think you sort of had overrated his his athleticism originally. Um, You know, maybe maybe not. We'll see where the combines go. Like, I don't think this guy is is an elite athlete, and I think that's probably why, or even really like he's an average athlete, and I think that's why this guy didn't end up running. Wants to do it in like the environment that he's going to feel the best in doing it you know, at the Minnesota Pro Day. Otherwise, though, like this, you know, I think he is going to do well. I've also heard some rumblings uh, around him that this could be the Hakeem Butler of this class, where he's the guy that everybody in the fantasy community loves because of how analytically driven the fantasy community is based on his production profile. Uh, and we're really going to need to keep a close eye on where this guy gets drafted in the actual NFL draft and the capital invested in him because if he's somebody that we see, um, you know, not go, like, have a slide like Hakeem Butler, then, uh, you know, that's going to obviously raise red flags, especially if we don't have athletic testing around him. So I still really like him. I think his tape is awesome, and uh, and I think he's – going to be a good uh, wide receiver at the next level. And and so I think, you know, having him at 17, I think that splitting that difference between the two of us, that's that's about where he probably should be. Um, yeah, for the time being, probably. Um, yeah, I agree with all you're saying. It, you know, the Hakeem Butler comp is an interesting one. I don't know necessarily that that's where I would have gone with it. I mean, the di- you know, the difference being it's like, yeah, I mean, he was productive his entire career. This isn't like a one-year wonder type of thing that, that people might be worried about. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I do think he is a guy though, that I agree with you is a little bit of a mystery. Um, and you know, fantasy pundits like him a lot and have liked him for years. He was a little bit of a Debbie darling. Yep. Um, but yeah, the draft capital will, will tell the true story. So, um, last guy in the top 18 that we're going to cover today, you know, like you, sh- you should announce it. Yeah. Eno Benjamin, my guy Eno. I see. Uh, I see you moved him up a few spots, uh, which as a, as, I'm excited about. As I about. said, I was going to, and uh, there may still be a few more spots in his future. We'll see. There because I, be. I actually, you know, all the really have been an Eno Benjamin fan most throughout most of his career at, at Arizona State. So um, I was on to him early. Caught him watching, and you know, Nikhil Harry tape and uh yeah he stood out you know from a freshman onwards and dude he's got an amazing production profile also you know for me there was some fears about his athleticism and quite frankly man he didn't exactly like you know uh whatever shoot the moon here or anything like that i mean he came in with numbers that were within the range of respectable right well better than better Better than. than i mean he had he had a he had a 39 inch vertical which that that was huge for him but more importantly, he came in at a four-five-seven at the forty-yard dash, where a lot of people thought that he was going to be a four-sixes type of guy. Um, you know, threw down a six-nine-seven on the three cone. So, you know, but that nothing. All of that is great, and all of that is you know maybe somewhat within the range of what I would have thought he was capable of. Um, the big important part for me here was he came in at two hundred and seven pounds versus the one ninety-five yep. at the Senior Bowl. Um, and so, yeah, man, I you know. All, all of that, all of that thrown together, and it's like that is a pretty respectable size athleticism profile, um, and to match that with his tape, which I think is just great, 
He's a he's a very exciting player. I mean, he's one of the true like gamers in this class, man. Like one of the guys who just gets out there and just like balls, dude. Just plays football and just like knows what to do whenever you know. Sees the holes, has great vision, just has great field awareness. Awesome player. So yeah, I said I was going to move him up, and here I am. He's up four spots for me. Uh, although he's down two for you. Again, that's more just uh, the guys that that rose and and shoved him down a little bit. So. Um... I mean, look, man, that's that's gonna happen. I I had had him before at thirteen, and now he's at fifteen, and uh, that's you know, that's guys moving up. That's that's Tyler Johnson moving, AJ AJ Dillon, Denzel Mims, all those guys moving into that range for me. That's that's just kind of where that yeah. that change is gonna happen. And and, yeah, and and I should mention, you do have him at fifteen, whereas I have him at twenty two. So you're still definitely the person that's bringing him into this top eighteen. So you're you're by no means an you know hater. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and you'll get there eventually. Don't worry. I mean, dude, he'll he'll keep steady climbing for me. I I'll I'll find more and more reasons to do it. And I you know the running back position always, especially like once you get past that kind of first tier of guys, um, it thins out a lot. And so, you know, there will be people that are trying to position draft a little bit, looking to fill holes on their roster. And I have a feeling that he ends up sliding further up in drafts. Uh, Maybe even the where we have him collectively. So, uh, so that covers the uh, the top eighteen. You just want to do uh, a quick rundown of these guys. Yeah, sure. We've got Jonathan Taylor at one, DeAndre Swift at two, C.D. Lamb at three, Jerry Judy at four, uh, a tie at five between Cam Makers and J.K. Dobbins, a tie at seven between Henry Ruggs and Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Helaire at nine, Jalen Rager at ten. T. Higgins at 11, LaVisca Chenault at 12, uh, Denzel Mims at 13, A.J. Dillon at 14, Brandon Ayuk at 15, Zach Moss at 16, Tyler Johnson at 17, and Eno Benjamin at 18. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us as we, uh, we covered our post-combine re-rank here. Uh, we will be dropping the remainder of our rankings 19 through 36 on Thursday. So please be on the lookout for that to listen. Uh, please also follow us on social media at off the rails FF and rate subscribe and review our show. Interact with us uh, so that we can start engaging with you, the listener. Thanks for listening today. Off the rails podcast.